This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. 900 million, 900 schmillion. You might want to have the smaller order, honey. Lego up your nose? My brush with one of the biggest comedians in the world. All that and unlimited tangents if you listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and Opi show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and this is the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Another fun and exciting episode, as uh, you have come to expect from me and Lou. And, you know, we always like to uh, open every episode, Lou, with what's going on in our car world. And I've got a little bit of a surprise for you. As you know, the uh, Corvette is uh, for sale uh, via consignment. So I don't know um, when uh, that car or how quickly that car will sell. But the nice thing about consignment is it's out of sight, out of mind, frees up space in the warehouse. That's the beauty of it. So I believe I was telling you, and I don't know if I think I told you this because... um, I think I told you this a couple of episodes ago. Did I tell you what I was looking at to replace the Corvette? Was and, it another 911? No, no. I thought I, I you know, because I, I talked to our uh, our man in the field, Roger Rexro, t- at times too. Um, he texts a lot, and um, he knew that I was going to get rid of the Corvette, but I didn't tell him what I was looking at to replace the Corvette. But uh, lo and behold, Lou. I guess I had some of that um, disposable income that you keep talking about because uh, I pulled the trigger last week on a brand new car that is uh, taking the place of the Corvette, and it is modern American muscle. Let me guess. You got a new Mustang. No, that was, that was of the three, that was the only one I did not even look at or consider. Uh, we're talking about uh, Chevy Camaros, Dodge Challengers, and Ford Mustangs. I got not quite a Hellcat, but pretty close. You got a Scat Pack? I got a Scat Pack. Very nice. I got Very a nice. 2020 Dodge Challenger RT Scat Pack. And in case you don't know what the Scat Pack is, it's a 392 naturally aspirated V8, 6.4 liters. 485 horsepower, 475 pound-feet of torque, and, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old fogey these days, Lou, so I had to go with the automatic. It's got that uh, excellent ZF 8-speed automatic, that, that automatic that is pretty much ubiquitous in so many different cars these days, but it's a great transmission. It's designed to take the power and the torque, and um, the way I had uh, come across this car is I got tired of of looking at cars online at dealers where you see these prices and you see a picture of the car and then you know a lot of these were out of state dealers and you email and they go oh well, we don't have that car anymore it's like okay well then why is it still up on the website why is it still on you know whatever cars.com or auto trader or whatever and I tell you I had so many false starts that way And also, too, what a lot of these dealers do is they apply, like, every single incentive that is available to get the price down so they can throw a really low price up there. But there's no way one person would qualify for every single incentive because it's just – it's impossible. Um, Because a lot of the incentives are, like, if you're a first responder, if you're a teacher, if you're a realtor, you'd have to be a first responding teacher, realtor, medic, fireman, whatever (laughs) – to get all of them and you know so i just got frustrated by that and i was thinking you know it might get down to the the standpoint of me just ordering one you know from 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 a dealer to get what i want because that was the other challenge too is the fact that i focused in on the dodge challenger first of all is because 
I just think it's a it's a nice retro look, but but thoroughly modern uh, in its performance and its accoutrements, and it is a good value too. I think it, it definitely is undercuts um, as far as like I said, I didn't really cross shop the Mustang at all. I just I'm just not a Ford guy, but it's a good value for what you get, and it's a cool looking car, and. I really just kind of fell in love with it. I have a, a cousin who's got one. He's got the Secretary V6 model, um, and which I drove a short period of time several years ago. And I was actually impressed with that car. And that kind of maybe stuck with me throughout uh, the last few years. And when I started thinking, you know, maybe I want a modern American muscle. I just got dismayed that I had to spend, you know, a lot of money getting the heater core fixed on the Corvette. And I'm like, you know, that car is only worth X amount of dollars. It's not like the, the Challenger is going to go up in price or something like that. But I just, there's something about a new car with a warranty, like I have said before with the Fiat, and hopefully this one won't leak any coolant or anything. But, um, you know, so what it, what it came down to is I was looking nationwide for, for a Challenger. I wanted to get the automatic. I I pretty much preferred getting the scat pack. I didn't want the 5.7 liter, just normal RT. And I didn't want to go as far as a, as a Hellcat just because that's just, that's just too crazy. Although I was waffling whether I should get a, get a scat pack wide body or a regular, um, scat pack. And I really like the look of the wide body. It's a $6,000 option. It gives you a few more things other than just the wide body, um, package it gives you an adaptive suspension it gives you six pot brembos up front gives you these monster 20 by 11 inch uh, wheels um and just a great look but trying to find a wide body anywhere is just like really hard just because they don't sell that many of them and and the ones that do come up for sale are usually fully loaded and and whatever so i kind of thought that maybe just the regular scat would be the way to go and i was just trying to decide what colors and i was all hepped up on octane red which is a kind of a medium to somewhat dark red metallic. And some of the pictures that I was seeing online, and I think it has to just be the camera more than the the color, but the way the light was hitting it, and just a couple of photos I saw of Octane Red, it almost had a pinkish hue to it, which is weird. Because I've seen other pictures of Octane Red where it looks really dark and almost ruby red, and some people say it's kind of like candy apple red and things like that. So... I was kind of waffling back and forth between that and then indigo blue, which is kind of a medium to dark, slightly dark, uh, almost electric blue. That's a very bright, vivid blue. And they spell it indigo, capitalizing the G-O on there. So lo and behold, Lou, about a week ago, I came across locally a uh, scat pack in stock at a dealer actually in stock not a fantasy car not a not a vaporware car that was indigo blue with the automatic scat pack and the only options it had on it were basically the the one main option it had was what i was looking for i wanted to have the um the upgraded interior instead of just the cloth interior i wanted the leather and alcantara uh seating and when you buy that they they make you buy the convenience package which is uh high-intensity discharge headlights, rear cross-path detection, and blind spot monitoring. So that they make you buy that. And the only other option this car had, no sunroof, which I didn't want. I didn't want upgraded audio. I didn't want navigation. I didn't want um, the technology package. The only other option this one had on it was the SRT Performance Spoiler, which is a, a larger somewhat larger spoiler for the rear trunk lid. It's not grossly huge, but it's like a $1,000 option. So that was the only other option this this car had on it. And the way this car came about is when I called the dealer to see if it was uh, still available because they had it advertised on their website. Um, he said that this car was actually a, a, a factory order car from a customer. And what happened was when the car came in, it supposedly took five months, and the car came in, and the guy was apparently wanting to trade in like an older collector or special interest car, and they couldn't come to terms or de- determine a decent value for that trade in. So the guy had to like let this car, the car that he ordered, he had to let it go. And I was lucky enough to swoop in <laughs> at the right point and 
found it. And, you know, this is, I, it's funny. You get all the car, the, 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 the new car, car dealer stories and everything. And literally I was in the, in the dealer and we're, we're, we're trying to hammer out a price. And my salesman says, look over your shoulder way down there. See that couple at that, at that uh, desk, they're waiting for you to say no, because they want this car as well. And I'm thinking, okay, is that true? Or are those people just like, like prop customers that they hire their actors and they just walk around the dealership sitting at different desks acting like they're they're cutting deals on cars or they want the car you want to buy who knows i think it was it was probably a real thing but um so that's the long the long the 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 reader's digest version i guess of the of the challenger um uh, the challenger saga so it's indigo blue it's got the 20 inch what they call low gloss granite rims, which are kind of a, a graphite uh, dark gray low gloss uh, rim. It's got the black, all black Alcantara and leather seating, black headliner, which I love. I love black headliners, and it's just a, it's a neat car. It's got all of thirty five miles on it right now, but um, I like the color. I've got three blue cars now, but they're all very different shades of blue. I've got that incredible aquamarine blue of the Saab. I've got the Arctic blue, which is like a powder baby blue on the Firebird. And then I've got this bright medium blue on the Dodge Challenger. So this is the first Mopar I've ever owned in my 40 years of car ownership. And I'm looking forward to a, to a, a, you know, a good experience. And I can look at the engine, Lou, and see all the beauty of that huge honking V8 under the hood, not like the the Porsche Caymans we were talking about in uh, in last uh, episodes uh, in the last episode of the Car Guys Report. So, any thoughts, any comments, uh, suggestions? Um, are you surprised? Uh, what are your thoughts on my uh, my new car on the Car Guys? Well, I'm Report? getting I'm, I'm getting off I'm getting back on my chair. Uh, Picking you up your tongue off. from the floor, right? Yeah, right. So, first of all, welcome to the club. Thank you. I am so glad you picked an American muscle car. Uh, if I would have had the choice, and you saw this on the last episode, to pick an American muscle car or a Porsche 911. Yeah, Mustang. I, 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 I did pick the Mustang yeah. based, on, based on cash and everything else. And uh, the, the Challenger is something that you had talked about before, so I'm glad that you actually followed through. I'm curious. I've got a couple of questions about your, your Challenger. First question, is it a 2020? Yes, it is. Okay, number two, does it have the uh, hood hood scoop? It has the uh, it's the standard hood, so it's got a hood it's got a scoop in the center, and then they, they they call it the heat extractor hood. So it's got like these two vents on either side of the hood scoop. I know exactly. What yeah, it's not a shaker. Shaker is an option on these cars. You can get an actual shaker hood, but that's okay. that's it's not the shaker. It's the standard hood, but it's got those cool heat extractors on it, which look cool. Standard hood, which has a vent in the front and two vents out the back. Got it. Not the shaker that that, that got that. Yeah, actually, okay. the the vents, the hood, heat extractors are pretty close to the front of the hood. And yeah, yeah, they're 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 almost middle of the hood. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, front, middle, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that, uh, uh, and I think in that color. Uh, it's almost a, uh, it's not Viper blue, but it's a very... It's close to your blue. Viper, yeah. It's, I was wondering about that, how close it is to that. But it's it's bright. I mean, that's what me and my girlfriend saw. It, she goes, wow, almost, that's a bright blue. It depends on the color and the light because at times it looks lighter blue mm-hmm. and at times it looks purple blue. Uh, you know, I haven't seen too much. That was my only concern. I didn't want it to really have much of a purple overtone because they have hell raisin which is their version of plum crazy now for the challenger they have another shade of blue called frostbite and that's like a lighter shade of blue they have the indigo blue they have two shades of red a, a solid red called tor red they have the the uh, metallic which is the octane red they discontinued destroyer gray which is was an awesome color this perfect almost like primer gray color they don't have that anymore for 2020 but they have a green a metallic green they have go mango which is bright orange um and then they have a 50th anniversary edition for 2020 that comes in this gold rush which is actually a really cool color but you can only get that on the 50th anniversary cars then they have uh um triple nickel silver which is a silvery gray color more silver than gray but a little more grayish 
overtone. It's not a bright silver. The white knuckle, which is this white, and then they have black pearl coat, which is metallic black. And I think it's metallic black, but I didn't want another black car, so... So it comes with a chin spoiler, too. Oh, yeah, and it had those dorky, bright yellow um, bumper uh, spoiler protectors <laughs> that they ship the car with. And every picture you see, you see those things in there, and, of course, they come right off. But, uh, yeah, it's got this chin spoiler. Then it's got the SRT performance spoiler on the back, which sticks out a little bit more than the standard spoiler. It's black. Yeah. It's just the right. It's just the right spoiler. And it's got the little. It's got the Scat Pack logos on the on the on the fenders, and then it's got um, the Scat Pack logos on the front seats too, which is cool. And that's it. Nothing. You know, it's not. There's no grab. You know, you can get graphics on these cars too. You can get like trunk wraps and RT stripes, and it, I don't have any of that. So it's 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 racy enough without looking dorky or or over the top, and. I, I really, I really like the way it looks. I mean, it's a neat looking car. And yeah, so how many, how many miles have you driven it so far? Thirty-five. <laughs> okay, all right. So a little early to tell, but uh, your first impression on your thirty. You know, I like it so far. I really do. It's it's really comfortable. Um, you know, it's got uh, a certain amount of um, obscured vision, of course, with the C pillar, but that's to be expected in pretty much any of any two-door coupe these days um but you know forward visibility and even visibility out the door uh, side side doors is fine um i like the seating position i like the comfort um all the systems work well um it has a lot of electronic junk on it like i said i i have the blind spot monitoring which i'm not crazy about but at least you can turn off the chi- you can either disable it totally or at least turn off the chime so all i ha- the way I have it set now is I just have the little triangle that'll light up and I might get tired of that. Um, but I like the configurability of it. You can move stuff around on the, on the, on the instrument panel where you want certain stuff displayed and what you want displayed and stuff, which I like. And, um, I like it. I, I, the seats are awesome. It's got these really good bolsters on the side and it really hugs you and, and makes you feel like you're part of the car and, uh, it has great sound. And it's got an active exhaust, so it keeps it toned down when you're just cruising around. But if you womp on it, then the the valves open up and you get a louder exhaust note. So yeah, so far so good. I I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, of course, 35 miles is is a you know not a lot of miles, but um, you know I'm planning. And it's got you know this car is just it's got a lot of nice stuff on it. It's got four wheel. Uh, it's got four pot Brembo brakes on it all the way around, just like what my Porsche has on it. It's got nice big slotted rotors. It's got all season tires, which I wanted. I didn't want summer tires because I just don't like summer only tires. And um, it, and it's got the cool uh, headlight with the uh, air intake for the engine. So it's got it's got the outer headlights, and it's got the the inner headlights which just have the ring, but then the, the inside of the, the center of that headlight is the air intake for the car. And it's got kind of like a checkered flag pattern. So when it's lit up, you can kind of like see into that, which is, it just looks cool. So I like it. And I'm sure you'll be, you'll be, you'll, you'll be checking it out, you know, at some point. And we'll be, we'll be featuring on my car story. with If you want. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a winner there. So yeah, no, it's uh we'll have the, the, the the duo Mark and Lou edition of uh, the Car Guys Report with a uh, special YouTube uh, in the car report maybe I don't know very soon <laughs> yeah but no I like it and well, and I'm excited yeah, by it and yeah I'm very excited for your car I think that's great um, I think it's it's uh, an exciting purchase uh, you should be very proud yeah I am I am and and you know I, I kind of felt that you know they keep saying in the media that, you know, because of the pandemic, it, you know, new car sales were down and used car sales are tanking and it might be a good time to buy a car. And, you know, Dodge was offering some pretty hefty incentives. So, I mean, it's like anything, any, it's like any major purchase, at least as far as I'm concerned, is you make your best deal at the time and, you know, you can't look back and you can't look forward, but, um, you know, I think I got a reasonably good, good price on it. And, um, it's just, a, you know, I think it's a lot of car for the money. I really do. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And just the fact that it's just, uh, you know, I've never had a modern muscle car. I've got, the, I've got the Firebird. I had the Corvette, although the Corvette to me isn't exactly a muscle car. Um, but, you know, and everything I read about it, I, I didn't, the only major downside of anything that I read in the reviews was the fact that people just say it's a large car. 
And I don't mind that, you know, I'm not going to be, it doesn't have as crisp handling as a, as a Mustang or a Camaro, but I'm not going to be tracking this thing. Although our man in the field is, has encouraged me to take it once it's fully broken in to take it to the drag strip and, and have some fun with it there, which I wouldn't mind doing because it's got line lock on it and it's got launch mode and all that stuff. So, or launch control. So it's made to drag race basically you know they're basically they wouldn't put all that junk on there if they don't want you to take it to the track at least one time in your life so yeah so yeah. i've never and, and that's what you know i've done i've done parking lot gymkhana you know uh auto crossing i've done high speed auto crossing i've never done wheel to wheel but i've done ice racing but i've never been to a drag strip and i always have wanted to, to go to a drag strip just to see what it's all about so that's definitely a possibility. Probably sometime next year, once the car's broken in enough, because I just don't put a lot of miles on it, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, hamper the the break-in process. But one other funny note too: at the uh, dealer, they're trying to sell you on the extended warranty, and it's the warranty that's offered through through Mopar, which is fine. It's not some you know third-party thing, and uh, <laughs> the guy's like, you know, I said I don't I don't need an extended warranty. He goes. Really? Really? 98% of our customers buy an extended warranty. Can I ask you why? I mean, it was just incredulous that I, that I didn't want to go, I'm going to put like 2,000 miles a year on this car. I don't need an extended warranty on it. You know, it was like another $1,800. So it's just, like, it's just funny, though, his reaction. He was like, he was just like incredulous. He couldn't believe it. So, yeah. Well, he's a salesman. I know, but it was, it was just funny. It was just really, really funny. So, so anyway, uh, Vernon's got a new car. Uh, that's why this is the Car Guys Report, because we are dyed-in-the-wool car guys, and that's what we're all about here. Be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. Informed Automotive are available on Spotify. You can go to opishows.com. That's O-P-P-I-H shows.com to check us out. Also available online at radiomisfits.com. Follow us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, our email is... CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com. We're always looking forward to your comments, suggestions, uh, complaints, kudos, anything you want. Send it along to CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com. You know, Lou, I'm always a, a sucker for nostalgia when it comes to cars. And I, I want to I pause you just a okay, moment. Okay, sure. Because I still want to stand with her. When I think of the Challenger, yeah. I've, I've, I've driven a Hellcat and things like that. I want to say that that it is the most comfortable, yeah, the, muscle car that I've ever ridden in. I mean, even getting out of the seats is enjoyable. Like when I get out of the seats in my four door Explorer, it's not a challenge. When I get out of my Viper, I, I'm 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 a little bit less than Simone Biles. Oh yeah, to do like a, 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 a move off a you know off the a parallel pump, bars. Yeah, yeah the parallel bars or something. So. Uh, uh, well, I think they, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's challenging. Let's put it that way. But not uh, in a challenger. <laughs> no, not in a challenger. In a challenger, I mean, there's a big wide door. You get out. It's very easy to get in, very easy to get out. Uh, like you said, the side bolsters have really been improved. So it hugs you nicely, mm-hmm. not uncomfortably. And, uh, you know, it's not a Recaro seat where you're sitting in a glove. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the most comfortable muscle car uh, that's out there and, um, yeah, really well done. Okay. Cool. Right. Thank you. No, I think I'm, that's another I'm, reason why I kind of lean towards that because I'm all about performance, but I still want the comfort luxury blended in a little bit as well. So I think, and yeah, the, the home run there. So I'm, I'm cool. mentally, I'm mentally ready for the next topic. <laughs> all right. Mentally. Well, Bentley has uh, discontinued their longtime venerable V8 engine, the 6.75 liter V8 uh, that was in production for 61 years, and it finally reached the end of production. They made a total of 36,000 of these. They were called the L-Series engine, and I didn't know this. They were all handcrafted, and it says it takes 15 hours to build each one. Now... I had this engine in my uh, 94 uh, Bentley Continental R, and uh, back in um, 94, they were uh, hanging one gigantic Garrett turbocharger on that engine uh, to crank out about 364 horsepower. This is, in again, in 94, and about 500, 550 pound-feet of torque. And the thing that I always loved about 
about that engine in, in that car is that it never seemed like it was working very hard. It was very understressed, even though it was turbocharged. And that car weighed 5,400 pounds, so you needed a lot of torque to get that thing up and going and, and keep going. And they had that car tuned so it would only have a 4,500 RPM redline, and they did that on purpose to keep the engine in the torque range because that car, like I said, weighs so much. And I just always thought that was wild because, you know, you think you, you, you're used to seeing like a 4,500 RPM redline on a, like a diesel engine or something, and here's a gasoline V8, and it's redlining at 4,500 RPM. But the uh, first L-Series engine was born in 1959. It was originally designed by Bentley Engineers as a replacement to the straight-six engine to improve performance, and it was first used by a Bentley S2 with a horsepower rating of 180 horsepower. So you can see how far they've uh, gone from there. In 94, it was up to 364. And then the uh, most uh, recent uh, development and power output of the engine pegged it at 530 horsepower and an absolute pavement curdling 811 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty unbelievable. And that was in the uh, Muslan Speed. And they also said that over the years, Bentley improved uh, the emissions of the engine, the latest version producing 99% fewer harmful emissions than the original, which is pretty amazing. So I just think it's neat that when when a, when a company finally decides to you know discontinue, cease production of something that is just so iconic um, that... You know, they finally came to the end. But I think it was a good engine. I didn't have any issues with it. Um, it always started right up. It it uh, didn't overheat or anything. Again, I didn't put a ton of miles on my Bentley, but it seemed like mechanically that car was 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 pretty darn solid. So did you sell the car? Oh yeah, the Bentley was um, was sold uh, a year ago. Okay, didn't and that's that. when I bought the Corvette. Yeah, I sold the Bentley a year ago, and that's when I got the Vet. And then the vet, of course, is for sale, and I just got the Challenger. So <laughs> you got to keep a scorecard with me and my cars there, Lou, I tell you. Yeah, when I walk into the garage, I'll have to look around before I sit down. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so um, what are they replacing it with? It's just the uh, – yeah, that's a good question here. I don't know if this article said that. Um well, they still have the W12 engine, which they put in um, certain cars. They have that in the uh, Bentley um, uh, Bentagia, which is the uh, SUV, and they're also putting it, I think, in the um, one of their um, uh, sedans. But it says, speaking of moving forward, the British Mark looks ahead to the future with its 6-liter W12, the 4-liter V8, which is their new V8. It's a 4-liter V8 and a V6 hybrid. And I don't think they have the V6 out yet. That's going to be interesting when that comes out. But uh, this 4-liter is is the new V8. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, as good as the, the old 6.75-liter uh, V8. But um just wanted to uh, make a point of that, especially since I had uh, direct experience with uh, with that engine. So another thing that I saw recently in uh, the... Wall Street Journal, Lou, and you'll get a, a charge out of this. We're always talking about disposable income. I've got the house for you to buy, Lou, if you've got an extra $62 million burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> I could, let's hope that that's my challenge one day. It is. Mark, yeah, I'm that would be a nice. My $62 million. It, it, Any suggestions? A nice, a a nice problem to have, right? This car, or this car, this house for sale in uh, L.A., 62 million, 16,000 square foot house. It's built up on a hill. You can get an awesome view of the city. It's a very modern looking house. It's got a 12 to 15 car garage, but garage I'm using very, very loosely. It's really, they're calling it a gallery. Basically, it looks like the nicest living room you've ever seen with cars parked in it. It's got, you know, a hardwood slate floor, total lighting, couches. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's got a Model 1, it's got a Model racetrack, 14 by 24 feet in size, highly detailed, and it's got a Formula 1 racing simulator as well in the game room. 
The guy that built it is named Kim N- Kip Nelson. He's 61 years old. He's uh, one of these finance guys. He built this uh, house in uh, 2014, spent about $12 million on it. That was the property that he bought. And I don't know if that was just yeah, that was the property, then he built the house on it. But this uh, raceway, they've got a picture of it. He calls it the Kipway Model Racetrack. And it just looks unbelievable. It's 14 by 24 feet, first of all. So it's like, it's like an adult racetrack. I mean, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's like the ultimate HO, you know, slot car track that you could ever dream up. And it's got this, like I said, it's got this 12 to 15 car garage. And, of course, it has, you know, every other high-end accoutrement that you would want in a house that's going to cost $62 million. But it's just one of these things where it's just like, that's what people do when they have a lot of money, I guess. And just in case you're wondering, Lou, the monthly mortgage would be $275,000. <laughs> Very nice. So so next time you're in L.A., you're just shopping, you know, grab your wife and take her up to this place and go, honey, I mean, look at this place. This has some real possibilities, doesn't it? <laughs> it and you no could rename the track. You could re- rename it the Costable the Costable Racetrack or the Costable Corners Racetrack or something. And I don't know, just something to, to think about. But I wanted to uh, to bring that up just because it's, it's how that other half lives, I guess, is the way to say it. We talked yeah. about this car, Lou, uh, in the last episode when we were talking about uh, Ferraris and such. That so We always get a little bit off topic on some things. But we're at the point in the program where we like to talk about a car that was recently bought or sold online. And uh, it doesn't have to always be online, but usually Hemmings and Bring a Trailer are the the two main go-to places. So if I sound like a broken record, I was talking about them. Give it a try. If you're looking for a collector car or a special interest car, those are two great places to start because it gives you an idea of what's out there, what people expect to get for these cars, and uh, gives you an idea of what they look like, too. Because a lot of times uh, they have multiple, multiple pictures, especially on Bring a Trailer because it's an auction site. They have tons of pictures. We're talking about a 1985 Ferrari 308 GTSI Quattrovolve, and it was sold on Bring a Trailer for the very well-bought price, I think, of $42,000. These cars are easily fifty dollars to $60,000 cars. This is pretty much like you said, the Magnum PI uh, Ferrari that most people think of. It had 48,000 miles, burgundy with tan, a five-speed. Timing belts and clutch are somewhat recent, so you probably wouldn't have to worry about that, at least in the first year or so of ownership. But forty-two grand for that car, it's a great entry-level Ferrari, I think. It's a, a car that, you know, we're talking about like iconic cars, and because of you know, Magnum PI and stuff. I think when you throw show up in a Ferrari 308, people recognize it as it being a Ferrari. They're not going to ask you what that is. And it's kind of like when I show up in an Aston, my Aston Martin and people know it's an Aston Martin, they start talking about the James Bond jokes and stuff. And I think the same thing would happen when you show up in this car. You, you'll get the, all the Magnum PI Tom Selleck stuff. You know, hey, yeah. where's your mustache, man? Or, oh, well, you're not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. What's up? But but it's yeah, a, it's a good car. I I I think it's a beautiful design. I mean, just spectacular. And uh, the fact that 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 you can get it for forty two grand, yeah. I, I agree. With that. I thought it's that really was a well yeah. I thought that was a very well bought car, and uh, you know, acceptable mileage, a decent color combination, a burgundy with tan. I think that's a that's a you know, it's not bright red, which is fine with me. So and it was actually located in the Midwest, too. It came out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is kind of interesting because a lot of times you don't see uh, these types of cars all the time uh, in the Midwest. But um, <clears throat> definitely wanted to uh, to make mention of that. And as I said, too, before, if you are in the market for a collector or vintage type car, special interest auto, bring a trailer is a great place to start. They always have over 200 uh, auctions live and some really, really neat stuff on there. A lot of Japanese to domestic market vehicles that you're not going to see anywhere else a lot of european cars uh you know a lot not a lot of classic american cars but uh, a handful here and there but just a lot of a good assortment of vehicles and the neat thing is they have comment sections too so you can see what what the bidders and other people are saying about the car. And it gets a little annoying sometimes because sometimes people just start nitpicking these cars, <laughs> things like that. But it's just a neat place to, you know, especially if you're in lockdown or you're working from home, Hey, 
take a, a, a 15 or 20 minutes off the uh, corporate computer there and jump on over to bring a trailer while you're listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive on RadioMisfits.com. And you're set. That's, that, that is like the perfect afternoon. Have a nice cold one next to you and could be cold coffee, cold beer, cold water, whatever, and have some fun with uh, with Bring a Trailer and the uh, Car Guys Report on in the background. If you like the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we know that you do because you're listening to us right now. Be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the show. Back to you, legendary Chicago TV personalities Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville talk about their daily adventures and the long list of things that get under their skin. Listen to Back to You. It's an Opie show on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits, and when you do, hey, you'll find us. The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable, we're having such a great time here on this uh, episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. And it's time for part two. We started part one of this um, list informal list uh, last episode cars named after places and lou started uh, thinking of the dodge monaco and the chrysler new yorker and he forgot about the cadillac calais and the hyundai tucson and things like that and again this is a list that it doesn't have to be a, a state it could be a state a city a region a country uh just pretty much anything that has to do with geography as far as uh, being named after a place. So, uh, Lou, if you're ready, uh, do you have any ideas on what might be on part two of uh, our list here? I mean, I've always enjoyed stopping by Illinois, uh, the city of 442. That was uh, <laughs> always a, a favorite of mine. A lot of people don't know it. It's right around the corner from uh, Illinois GTO. There you go. <laughs> this one really is quite stumping for me, especially... Uh, I don't think my mind thinks cities and states when it's cars. I actually think animals, but I don't think uh, uh, cities and states. So yeah, what so I found what I, away. yeah, what I found interesting about this list is once you start getting into it, you realize that there's an awful lot of cars named after cars and trucks named after places, and that's what really kind of you know blew me away. So we'll start out with one of these uh, better forgotten ideas from GM. And uh, remember the Pontiac minivan called the Montana? Didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that you say it, I probably It was that do. vacuum cleaner looking wedge-shaped, you know, it wasn't a Pontiac Aztec, but it was just that weird wedge-shaped van. I think they made it, they made a Pontiac version, they made the Oldsmobile, was it the Silhouette? From that, uh, from the movie "Throw Mama from the Train," I think he drives like an old Oldsmobile silhouette minivan, and he goes. Danny DeVito says it's the Cadillac of minivans. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's got the TR7 front with the uh, minivan. Oh, back something end. like that. Yeah, and and the Montana might have been the the slightly revised version of that, but uh, the Montana minivan. You don't you don't definitely don't see too many of those on the road anymore. Uh, the Pontiac staying in the Pontiac theme. The Pontiac Le Mans. How about that one? I don't think about that one, yeah. but yeah, okay. That's a classic. The Hyundai Santa Fe from New Mexico. The Packard Caribbean. The pack, yeah, that could be actually good. That's not on the list. Very good, Lou. You got one that wasn't on the list. That's awesome. The Chrysler Newport is on the list. That's a one that they made way back when. The Chevy Monte Carlo and the Dodge Monaco. You had mentioned the, the Monaco, but Monaco, Monte Carlo, kind of interchangeable, uh, Monaco is a principality, and Monte Carlo is the city within Monaco, and it's only like a mile square, so very densely populated. Of course, they have the uh, the Monaco Grand Prix there. The Toyota Tacoma, another uh, place name there. Uh, another one another one next to the Pontiac Billyville was the Pontiac Bonneville. Bonneville, yep, that's another one. Yeah, yep. Billyville's sister, Bonneville. Bonneville. The Chevy Colorado, which is a pretty easy one there. Buick has a couple of weird ones. The Buick Lucerne, which is a city in Switzerland. And then, of all things, the Buick Lacrosse, which is a city in Wisconsin where they make old-style beer. So um, 
I don't know if they were thinking of the, the, the game lacrosse, the sport of lacrosse, or why, why the heck would you name a car after lacrosse, Wisconsin? <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny. The Chevy Malibu, Malibu Beach, uh, California. A couple of Italian names here, Lou, right up your alley. The Ford Constable. No, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Ford Torino, which is, uh, Turin, Italian name is, that's the Italian name of Turin, I guess, Torino, and the Mercury Milan, two uh, cities in Italy. And then keeping in Italy, the Chevy Monza, it's the Lombardi region of Italy. And the Monza is a neat car. You don't see them at all anymore. And no. it's always neat when you see one because they were pretty uh, pretty popular back in the day, late 70s, early 80s. You could get a 305 V8 in that thing. Pretty neat little car. Then a couple more um, from Europe, the Ford Granada, which uh, is a location in Spain. The Lincoln Versailles from France. And then, of course, uh, we talked earlier about the Chevy Bel Air. There's a couple more Chevys, the Chevy Biscayne and the Del Rey. Both uh, locations, uh, Biscayne is definitely Biscayne Bay in Florida, and I believe Del Rey is from Florida as well. And the Del Rays were the, at least in 58, the Del Rays were the, uh, were the entry-level uh, 58 uh, Chevys. Um, but uh, those are the ones that were on the list. This list, uh, actually, I didn't even write down where the, uh, where the list want, came from. But, um, did they have the El Camino? I'm guessing that sounds like a city somewhere. Yeah, El Camino, um, El Dorado, well, El Dorado too, like you know the the famous region in South America in search of El Dorado. Um, you could go both did ways they have, on that. Did they have the uh, 1959 uh, Vernon uh, El, El, El Camino? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just interesting but, when you really get into that list, though. What different types of gonna, places are we going to are we going to take the 2020 uh, Challenger to the uh, the um, Mark L. Ranchero. <laughs> I think you should quit while you're ahead, Lou. <laughs> okay, I'm done. But, um, yeah, just, you know, you said animals because obviously you drive a Dodge Viper, right? So, Oh, Viper, Mustang. Yeah. You know, Impala. Since we were talking, I don't want to get on a big, long tangent here, but since we're talking about the, well, how did Dodge come up with the Challenger name? Was it just because it was a muscle car and it was... You know, they figured people would be challenging other cars on the road for for supremacy, or sure, sure. You ch- you're, of course, you want to challenge people in a Challenger. I mean, uh... yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that was the, the the genesis of the name. I mean, you know, the Ford Mustang, you know, pony car, the Chevy Camaro, which is, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the what the genesis of that name was. I know I've read the history somewhere along the line, but. Um, you know, the, the Viper, obviously, Venom, fast, you know, cool, low, things like that. So, But that was just a list that uh, we wanted to talk about here on the Car Guys Report of uh, cars named after places. And always something interesting to, uh, to uh, ruminate on here. And if you've got any other uh, cars named after places, uh, you can always uh, email us with those at carguysreport at hotmail.com. And while uh, you're emailing us, uh, just be uh, assured that we have sanitized all our OPI shows for your protection. You should still wear your mask and help prevent the spread of this pandemic by following the CDC guidelines. You'll be saving the world one podcast at a time, and be sure to also wash your hands. Hey, there's somebody at the door here at the uh, Car Guys Report studio, so I'll see who it is, and we'll be right back after this. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, Steve, we're going to have a fascinating conversation with an acting coach. Her name is Amy Linden, and if you want to become an actor, she can tell you all about how to get there. Uh, Even me, you think? Well, that could be her greatest challenge to date, but I think she knows the way. (laughs) The problem is I have an outer voice, but do I have an inner voice? We'll find out. Back to you with Howard Sudbury 
and Steve Baskerville. Back to you. Available on Spotify, opashows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I can't wait for that one. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> on this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Rick, we talked to perhaps the most prolific female voiceover artist in history. Really? Yeah. She's the voice of Speedy in the Alka-Seltzer. Mm-hmm. She's the aliens in Toy Story. Mm-hmm. She's Jimmy Neutron. Mm-hmm. We talked to voiceover extraordinaire Debbie Derryberry. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. It's pretty easy. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Constable, and we're smack dab in the middle of this uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in. And Lou, this is a story I've been looking forward to uh, sharing with you and everybody on uh, on the podcast here. comes from a Hemmings Classic Car Magazine. Uh, one of their uh, contributing, or actually regular editors, is a gentleman by the name of Bob Palma. And uh, back in the day in Paris, Illinois, which is a small town in the uh, southern part of the state, his uh, dad owned a, um, a car dealer, a Packard dealer. And this is an actual story, and it fits in well because I know, Lou, that you, we had talked about it on on the program before, you traded your Michael Jordan basketball card for your Viper, correct? Yes. You did. And that, I think, is a great story unto itself because it just shows that people always just don't trade cars for cars or money for cars. It can be other objects. And this story is a great folksy tale coming from uh, Bob, Bob Palma. He entitled his, uh, his editorial here, Horse Trading. It was late in 1954 at Palma Motors. My father, Lumiere, and my brother, Milton's, then Packard Nash Willys dealership in Paris, Illinois. Thankfully, Dad and Uncle Milt got along splendidly, unlike the Fuchs brothers, so it was easy uh, for them to accommodate farmer Fred Boyd of Rose Hill, Illinois, when he arrived on November 5th. Mr. Boyd had driven his 1952 Packer 200 about an hour to get to their dealership. He may have been looking for more utility and better gas mileage than his Packard could deliver because he traded it in on a new 1954 Nash Rambler cross-country station wagon with overdrive. He was allowed $1,267 toward the new Rambler's $2,342 total price and financed $675 of the balance per my copy of the invoice. If you're doing the math, the amount financed and the trade-in credit are $400 short of the $2,342 purchase price of the new Rambler. To make up the difference, he was allowed an additional $400 for a quarter horse named Shorty and Shorty's trailer, whatever it takes to make a deal. This presented a problem. It's cold in East Central Illinois in November, so what would a car dealer do with a horse and a trailer? I mean, you can't just throw some hay and carrots and a water bucket in the trailer and leave the horse parked on the used car lot until he sells, can you? The new car dealership was downtown, but their gravel used car lot with a small shack was on the northern outskirts of a town along Route 1. And uh, uh, at the time... Bob Palma was eight years old. He generally pestered everyone at the dealership most waking hours um, when he wasn't in the third grade. He said, I don't remember Shorty and his trailer being parked on the premises. I never thought to ask Dad or Uncle Milt what they did with Shorty during the 25 days he and his trailer were in November's inventory. So both men took that information to their graves. My mom, still quite sharp at age 101, only remembers Dad taking a horse in with trade. (laughs) And it's funny because he's got the actual a copy of the actual invoice and on it it says palma motors packard nash willies and it says here make horse model shorty in parentheses newer used used a serial number unknown uh motor number ain't got none <laughs> and then it says here key number no ignition horse and trailer three hundred dollars so, and he actually traded some coal too. He traded fifty dollars worth of coal and uh, some other stuff too to make up that balance. But it's just so hilarious that people would actually do that back then. I mean, try to bring a horse into a car dealer today and try to trade it in on well, a car. 
Well, what he should have done when they said, what's the engine size, just said one horsepower. Exactly. That's... I just think it is so funny that they and and I mean he and he didn't write out this invoice to be funny. He was actually pretty much being serious, except for the the, the motor number ain't got none. But uh, yeah, one one horsepower, one horsepower exactly. So Shorty the horse back in 1954, taken in by Palma Motors in Paris, Illinois, as partial trade on a brand new 1954 Nash Rambler. And what, if you what, what what date was that? Doug? 1954. No, but what month? Oh, November. So well, was, I, could just see, I could just see it now. The son who was eight saying, you know, we never knew what happened to that horse, but man, did we have a great Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. <that> oh. <laughs> so if you've got, if you've got, um, you know, a story like that to share with us, we would love that. Not the eating the horse there, uh, Lou. Your mind is just sometimes goes off in a, Direction that I just can't say. But as a closer to this article, uh, Bob Palmer, the author, says, those were the days when a dealership's owner was on the premises to offer prompt personal service by making immediate decisions regarding cars, trucks, trades, cash, 30-day and 90-day notes, horses, coal, etc. Excuse me. Just try that today at a sterile mega dealership owned by an out-of-state conglomerate. They don't call them the good old days for nothing, you know? I mean, all they want to do now is sell you uh, an extended warranty, then they're flabbergasted when you don't uh, take that warranty. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was a, just a really neat, folksy, Definitely. true tra- true, true tale there. It's true tale, nice. Yeah, oh yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> but I mean, you, it was so I like cool. It, I mean, I liked it. It's a dealer you could horse around exactly, with. Exactly. Yeah, you uh, you know you traded your 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 card for a Viper. And this guy traded in a horse on a on a rambler. I mean, I just I just think it's so cool. And again, you probably wouldn't see that uh, anywhere. You know, even after the fifties, probably. And as a, you know, obviously the, the the location, small East Central Illinois town, farming community, and things like that. But like uh, Palma said in his in his copy there, that you know dealers would do what they would do to make a deal and, and do the sale and help somebody out and build a relationship and build a rapport. So that's why they don't uh, call them the uh, good old days anymore, right? That's what he said. When you're listening to the Car Guys Report on Spotify, be sure to tell your friends about our program, and uh, you can check it out not only on Spotify, but on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blueberry, Stitcher, Android, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. You can also catch us on opishows.com. You can also just search for Radio Misfits. You can also just search for The Car Guys Report, and you'll find us. When you do, take a chance, uh, take a moment to uh, subscribe to our program and also give us a rating if you'd like. We'd like to get a couple more five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. And just remember that any podcast you get through the uh, Radio Misfits Podcast Network is totally free, and it's listening on your own terms, whether you're in your car your home, your uh, beachfront house, wherever you are, in the park, walking your dog, you can listen to us at any time, anywhere, on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, your desktop. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, do whatever you want. It's listening on your own terms. That's what podcasting with Radio Misfits is all about. And that's what the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, is all about, too. Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. We're at the point in the program where we get to play the My Car Story with Lou Car Guys Report guessing game. And I kind of bombed in the last episode. Lou had some three really unique, cool cars, so it was hard to pick which one was going to be the number one video-viewed car. But, uh, Lou, if you want to run down the rules again, and I'll try to get my brainwaves in sync and see what happens. Well, if you're a new listener and this is the first time you're listening, Mark has not seen the uh, uh, results here, so he's guessing just like you are. And the whole results are based on I have a YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou. I throw up three cars in a week, and we let that percolate for a little while, and then we get the results uh, based on views of that. And we try to pick the one that has the car that has the most views is obviously first, second, and third place. The gold, the bronze, and the silver. <laughs> so, but they're all winners in our book, though, right? They're all they are all winners. And the interesting thing is, of course, anybody else could video the same three cars and have completely different results than what I have. So this is specifically based to the channel that I run. So with that said, um, I usually take the oldest car first. 
So the first car that we have here, uh, and by the way, one of these cars clearly surpassed the other two, really? which are neck and which are which is neck and neck. Okay. So, so you said car, two are close and one is a runaway. Two two are close and one is ten times the amount wow. of the other two cars. Okay. So keep that in mind here. Here we go. The first one is a 1957 Chevy Bel Air convertible in red that's fuel-injected. Okay. The next one is a 1965 Pontiac GTO hardtop coupe in black with the rare Ram Air 383. Hmm. And the last one is the 1970 Plymouth Sports Suburban station wagon in red with the 383. All ah. of them give you the engine sound, and here we go. Wood, Mark, which one? Wood, wood, siding, wood siding on the uh, on the station wagon? Uh, wood siding on the station wagon and it, uh, retractable it, front headlights. Wow. Well, hey, run away. This is. Would you, I, like I to, have, would you like to hear the three again? Yeah, run them down again. I think I have an idea, but we'll see. Go ahead. The oldest one is a 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air convertible with the fuel injection okay. unit. The second one is a 65 Pontiac GTO hardtop with the Ram Air 389 option. And the last one is the 1970 Plymouth Sports Suburban station wagon in red with a 383. This is probably a trick, but I'll just go cliche here and say the 57 Chevy is number one. And then I'm going to go with the station wagon number two and the GTO number three. Well, you got the number three in the right spot. Oh, number I did. Three, so it is the wagon is number one. See, I thought that'd be a trick. As much the, as I wagon, wanted to, the wagon, the wagon is is not a trick. The wagon had in, in uh, uh, after a little while of letting the views percolate, and I'll I'll give you the lowest number first. The lowest number, which you got correct, was the uh, GTO with the rare Ram Air option dealer installed. It was fifty six hundred and seventeen views. Okay. The Corvette fuel injected was fifty eight hundred and eighty views, mm. and this and this Plymouth Sports Suburban wagon was fifty thousand and eighty seven views. You know, I wanted to guess the the station wagon is number one, but then I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I mean, as much as I I w- would like to see it number one, I'm glad it was. That's amazing. What just the rarity of it? Is it the, just the oddball nature of it, or what? In your um, opinion, made it so popular? Well, um, if we were choosing these cars for our own garage, and you only had one choice. I, you know, I would obviously pick a 57 Chevy fuel-injected convertible uh, or maybe over, over a 70 foot station wagon. <laughs> I think what's happened is, uh, to be very specific, is a little bit like, and, and you have to be old enough to remember this because if you're not over the age of 35, this won't even apply. But gym shoes used to be the, the crappiest shoes you could buy. Oh, yeah, the canvas, high toppers. No support. And, and now, of course, they can be some of the most expensive shoes you ever yeah. buy because they're the the latest Jordan, LeBron's, blah blah blah. Whoever the hot player is, Steph Curry shoes. Well, the same thing is kind of happening with wagons. Wagons for a long time were so looked down upon, and now because they're so unique to find them in a, a nice condition, let alone when they're restored and they look like they're showroom new. Um, these cars were built to be. I'll call it destroyed. I mean, the well, yeah, they were driven. The wheels were driven off them. Family vacations, hauling the kids around, and got, rust. Yeah, coolers being spilled all over them. You've got uh, coolers put on the roof. Yeah. You've got coolers put on the hood. I mean, so to find one that's in premium condition, uh, I think to your point, it's the rarity and the nostalgia mm-hmm. that uh, uh, people have have clamored. For the wagons, so, and we've um, we've seen that reflected too, because on the program during our well bought, well sold segment, um, you know, I've highlighted uh, several uh, wagons of the late '60s, early '70s era. You know, I remember one; it was a Caprice classic wagon, and you know, they they were seeing twenty five, thirty, thirty five, forty thousand dollars, and that goes right along with you know, it would be insane even five years ago to think somebody paying that kind of money. And then, you know, a few episodes ago, we did that one-off factory order 
67 or 68 uh, Ford Country Squire wagon with the 428 four-speed center console bucket seats. And I guess, like, you know, so I've always had a thing for wagons. I think they're cool. I've always well, enjoyed them. Yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's the fact that you can get a bunch of people in the car, spread out, enjoy your time, and do a little cross country. Yeah, and, and with a big honking V eight, they had some power, and, and bring back the nostalgia. Now, obviously, you can do that in a Ford Explorer. Obviously, you can do that in another car, but, but it doesn't have rear facing seats, jump seats, or it doesn't have. You know, remember the the cool. Uh, uh, tailgate on the on the Chevys that would, would slide down into the into the body, and the window would go would, into the roof. I, you know, I still it almost seems like to your point, it seems like a magic trick mm-hmm. because that that bottom uh, door where the glass would go into the roof. You, mentally, you could say, okay, I could see how a thin piece of glass can move up into a roof, and and that makes sense. But when you took a solid thick door. And somehow ran it along and inside the bottom yeah. of a car. It, that just seemed like pulling a rabbit out of your hat. I mean, yeah. it just didn't seem that that was even possible, and yet it happened. Um, yeah, that was a, a, a real cool uh, uh, feature that uh, some design engineer uh, brilliantly came up with that because uh, uh, going back to that time frame uh, in the 60s, you would have this kind of magic door that would open two ways. Yeah, exactly. Pull, yeah, pull down like a pickup bed, or open, or, or like it would a barn open door. Side, it would it would open like a barn door where you grab the one end of yeah. it and it swung out like a cabinet yeah. door. And um, how the hinges worked and knew which one was going to. I know. Grab. I know. That's Always, cool too. You know, and, and we've got an example of that on the channel. There's a 1960s. Uh, let me be very specific in case people go to mycarstorywithlou.com or excuse me, you can go to mycarstorywithlou on YouTube and punch in, let's see, I know it's a Ford. Uh, it's the Fire Chiefs 1966 Ford Country Sedan Wagon uh, with siren. <laughs> and we showed how that door opens in just what I was talking about. So the door opens uh, down like a pickup and it also opens... Oh. Uh, like a cabinet door where you grab the one handle on the one side and pull it open. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to find, if I can find, a station wagon with the electric. That would be a 70s station wagon where they have a full electric door that goes into the... Yeah, like I think it was Kingswood, I think was one of the the trim levels with that, the Chevy Kingswood. Probably a, probably an Oldsmobile would have that. A Buick might have that. I don't know if the Oldsmobile. I, I I specifically remember the Chevys having it. Okay. I don't remember an Oldsmobile having it because the Oldsmobile, of course, had the Vista Cruiser, which was its own thing too, which was awesome. The, the Vista Cruiser wagons. I mean, it's so cool. The, the Vista Cruiser wagon. The thing that amazed me with those was they put a little panoramic uh, ceiling on it, so you could kind of look out from yeah. the back. Yeah, and looked just, straight up into the sun. Or, it was just or, like uh, it was like an observation car from you know a, like a, a railroad, you know, train, Amtrak or whatever. Yeah, a, a, and it a was, railroad observation. And that was the idea behind it. Yeah, the Vista Cruiser because you had those windows along the top edge of the roof for the. So the person, rear seat although passengers. they sat in the back seat, had a certain advantage to uh, seeing an area that you couldn't see because you could look out overhead. Yeah, yeah, those were the days, right? <laughs> so I hit one, right, or two, one. No, you got you got three for th- the third one. Your your bronze was right on, and one and two were were flipped. Were flipped, off. okay, yeah. So, so you're one you're one for three. Well, I'll redeem myself hopefully uh, next episode. If, if you're a major league batting batting player going one for three, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. And there you go. You can check out uh, Lou's uh, YouTube channel at My Car Story with Lou. Uh, incredible selection of videos there, 1,600-plus videos, over uh, about 80,000 subscribers. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. And, of course, we play the My Car Story with Lou Car Guys Report guessing game on every episode of the Car Guys Report. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, crazy cool Mopar colors and big bucks for a Porsche toolkit. Those stories and more on the next episode of the Car Guys Report. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have had you along for this turn. I'm Mark Vernon with Lou Costable. Special thanks to executive producer... 
Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo, spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This week's episode of Anne Friends, things get a little wet and gushy. We're going to be duking it out in a Reddit rumble of Would You Rather. And of course, we're going to be getting into all of the casino games we wish we could be playing right now. It's going to be all that and more on Anne Friends. Listen to Anne Friends on Spotify, OldPieShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If you missed Los Los Anno or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I was going up an escalator. One of my pet peeves is when people just stand up. It's a people mover. It's supposed to help you go, not a ride. Right. And if you already stand, move to the right. Or just keep walking, lazy ass. Some people may have bad knees and stairs are hard, so I'll give them. This guy, this guy, this guy didn't have. Get the hell out of my way. Radio Misfits. Get more Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, we talk about crazy cool Mopar colors from the past, plus some great songs about cars. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.